<laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is Sarah Christ with Connect Our Elders. And today I have Kathy Ellis with us, the founder of Senior Care Options. Senior Care Options is a professional placement agency helping elders and their families decide on the appropriate place for their loved ones. They cover San Diego County, and then they do do some work in Orange County as well. So Kathy, thank you for being with us today. And let's get started with okay. you telling us your why behind doing this business. Well, you know, like, like you put in the introduction that I have over 30 years experience in this industry. Um, I, I don't want to sound like I'm older than Methuselah because I'm not, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm only 59, but I started in this industry at age 19. I just fell into it. So I started out while I was in college working in a nursing home in activities. And I just fell in. I love seniors. I love children. You know, I could have gone either way, either into elementary education. But I had such a great experience working with the seniors that I basically just got right back into it and worked myself up to administration in senior living. Mm -hmm. So I really do. But after a long, rich career, I mean, literally since 1980 in the industry, 1989 as an administrator, um, back in 2014, my why to start this was, you know, I want to help people at all price points. Not everybody can afford one of these, you know, eight, nine thousand dollar luxurious um, assisted living senior communities. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, what are people there's people living in their cars now? You know, it's so yeah. sad. And there's those gap people that are too rich for Medicaid and too poor for everything else. So it basically is like a senior care ministry for us now, helping people, all people, not just people who can afford to pay, a, you know, um, for assisted living. I think that's beautiful, Kathy. And I know you and I had had a meeting um, a few months ago now, but that was one of my biggest heartbreaking realizations when I got into the senior care industry, um, I would be meeting with families and they couldn't afford the help that they needed. And so it's not as if they were any less deserving by any means or that they had even necessarily been bad with their money. It's just the cost of some of these options are too expensive, or maybe they had right. some sort of emergency or crisis in their life that depleted their, their accounts. Or, you know, you hear all the time about elder uh, financial abuse. It's a very mm -hmm. real thing. And so, True. you know, then that was kind of the impetus for uh, Tina Buchanan and I, she's an independent care manager to, to start our nonprofit um, vets mm -hmm. for elders. And our whole thing was let's fill gaps in the resources that are provided to our elders. And so I'm curious, when you say that you want to help people on um, the spectrum of, of all price points, how do you go about doing that? Well, a lot of what we do is just education. And I love to just share what I do know. And unfortunately, you know, there is not a lot out there, but there are mm -hmm. some veterans benefits. There is the in here in California, California, the assisted living Medi-Cal waiver program, there okay. is the community health group. There's some things that they can look towards and are actually just start the process of even looking towards the future, applying for the Medicaid, Medi-Cal. And, you know, it's just, it takes, you know, it takes some planning and it's not going to just happen. You know, if someone has memory care issues, they call and they, you know, they can't get their parent to do anything. So, I mean, I like start with a neurologist, start with the, you know, the elder law attorney, get some, you know, you can get some free consultations, but you've got to start somewhere. 
you know, yeah. I really like the fact because based on your experience and, you know, I've been thinking more and more about this, like you could easily, you could easily go on a place for mom and put in what you're, you think you're looking for. They're going to send you a list. And I know like some representatives are better than others, right? They might actually do more hold handholding, but it really, because based on your experience and your knowledge with the various communities or with dealing with so many families over the year, years, you're able to identify other areas that they need to consider in this process. Um, and so how do you, what is your process when somebody reaches out to you? Mm-hmm. What is the process from initial contact to finding them their appropriate next place to live? Well, in pre-COVID time, I would love to actually set an appointment to actually, you know, go meet with the family. And we can even start doing that now. Things have eased up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't want to just do it all on the telephone. You just lose so much. Like even when you and I had a Zoom call, it's so much better than just doing it on the telephone. But, you know, just kind of meeting face to face because I can really pick up on what their issues are, what the, you know, their hot buttons are, what the family dynamics are. And, you know, basically when we when I visit the client in their home is the best because I can actually see what's really going on. Because when they talk to you about the situation, it's kind of their own perspective of the situation you know, we had a family last week and unfortunately she says, well, we're talking to you. We're not going to do anything for a while because they basically were looking for, um, we had a Zoom call with with actually the um, the daughter and the wife and the wife was much younger than the husband and they were thinking of moving from Georgia to California. And they said, you know, we want, you know, really an ind- still a very independent assisted living but they told me that the dad is just in bed all day long and in a large assisted living, he's getting his meals brought to him, but he's so isolated. And then, and, you know, then I told him that there's, there's the chance of him getting, you know, a, you know, a bed sore, a wound. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. And then he can't move into certain assisted living without it unless it's, you know, there's so much more than to just, you know, like you said, giving a list of these communities because every one of them is so different. And some people deal would do so much better in a smaller place versus a larger place. Even though I had probably the time of my life working in the senior, fun, fun, fun. I mean, it's like a cruise ship that doesn't sail. I mean, that's even a bad thing to say. <laughs> I've never heard that, but that's so true. <laughs> the senior, the larger places are not, are so much fun. But sometimes uh-huh. those smaller places, like when I was an executive director, when we would move in someone, when we just had a little bit of memory care issues and they just felt so lost. And I would be calling the community up every few hours around the clock, making sure that that person got checked on. I did not want them to be forgotten because those first few days and weeks could make or break the, the stay. And right. you want to make sure that the person doesn't get forgotten, lost, doesn't have a fall in those first, you know, 24 to 48 hours. So, so again, I really want to reiterate to the audience the importance of using uh, an independent placement agent, uh, especially somebody who has the experience that Kathy has, because I, I do believe it's important to correctly, uh, accurately assess what the person wants first and foremost, but also what the actual needs are. And uh, because you hear these stories about it's already traumatic for an elder to move 
from mm-hmm. their home that they've been in oftentimes 20 plus years. But then if you make the right, the wrong, if you make the wrong choice on the first placement, then you're compounding that trauma. So working with a professional like Kathy, where you can really hone in what's needed and get it right from the, from the get-go is important. Now with that, Kathy, when do you think, is there a certain time frame where you think people should start the planning process and start talking about moving into a community? Meaning if they, if they think that there's going to be a potential move, you know, what is your recommended time? Should they reach out to you six months prior? Is it a year prior? You know, can they do it within a month? Well, there's really every situation. But the main thing is, you know, don't wait until it's an emergency situation. You know, because now, especially during COVID, there's a little more to moving in. You have to have, you know, some, you know, COVID negative COVID tests and it takes a little longer. It's not just about pulling out a physician's report and, and making a decision within a couple of days. But what I say is, you know what, if, if it's starting to be a little bit painful or if, you know, a lot of people want to start with in-home care, which I am a big mm-hmm. uh, proponent of in-home care. I think it's wonderful. But, you know, if in-home care, especially in the state of California, generally is at least $25 an hour. So if someone's could, if you only need four hours a day, you want to have them help you with some light housekeeping and, and cooking and just a little bit of supervision with a shower. That's great. But there, there's your $3,000. Well, in, I know in our area for $3,000 a month, you can get a studio apartment that is, that has 24 hour supervision and also Includes all your meals, all your utilities, except for your phone for that same exact $3,000. And you can have mm-hmm. more socialization. So mm-hmm. you know, as far as looking right now, even during COVID times, people, families are calling me saying, you know what, I, my mom's in the hospital and we cannot bring her home. And I yeah. can only wear ten dollars to $15,000 a month. So what do you have? You know, let's just say $3,500 is our max budget. What, what do you have in what, at that price point? You know, some people, you know, are fortunate to have long-term care insurance. They can do five, six, seven thousand dollars a month. That gives them tons of options. But especially when it's at that lower price point, you know, a lot of times I'll say, you know, start in an all-inclusive board and care um, if there's a lot of care involved. You know, every situation is so different, but it's always better just to start planning before you're in that hospital because with the way Medicare is, they're going to call you with, you know, and say, we need, we need your mom or dad out possibly like today or tomorrow. They're not going to even oh. give you notice. Yeah. I've, I've um, dealt with that situation with several clients and, you know, fortunately they, they were able to uh, utilize caregivers at least for the interim to get home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, situations where maybe placements a little bit more down the road, but that's super stressful for the elder and the families trying to, to react so quickly. I mean, especially if they don't have the option of going home and they have to go to a community trying to figure something out in a day or two. Uh, yeah. Um, Paul, so one of our audience members, Paul, uh, Paul, I don't know how to say your name. I'm apologize. I'll apologize. You'll have to call me so you can tell me. I'm not even going to attempt it. But uh, Paul, he's a veteran um, and he actually is the founder of a, a veterans nonprofit here in San Diego. Uh, okay. He was saying that we're, you're providing excellent information, Kathy. So thank, thank you so you. much for that comment, Paul. Um so moving on, uh, share with us what you miss about working in the actual living communities. 
Well, I miss a lot, actually. I mean, I don't miss being on call 24 hours a day and that responsibility. I mean, that's an awesome responsibility, being in charge of over 100 employees and close to 200 seniors. But what I do miss is it's like working in a senior community is like, it's kind of like um, being in just like a, you're in like your own little community within a community. Mm-hmm. And I do, you walk in the door and it's like, it's almost like Pleasantville. All 360, <laughs> even though so many people think it's the scariest thing in the world moving to assisted living, you usually have, it's like you have your own little happy world. I mean, I can remember even the day of 9-11, it was probably the worst day in the history of our country. And we were going to have a simulated cruise at this one community I was working in Orange County. And and the seniors were all dressed in their Hawaiian clothes. We were going to have a captain's dinner. And it was so much fun. And my regional said, I don't think we should you should do that today because it's just it just wouldn't be appropriate. And, you know, instead, the seniors sat around watching all those towers being blown up on television. And on a normal day, we would have been having our little simulated cruise with lots of fun, happy hour, live music, the captain's dinner. It, gave, it gives you an incentive to get dressed up every day. Let's just say like staying at home, watching television, especially the way the news cycle is, versus living in a senior community, even in COVID time. Once you've passed your COVID test and you can get out in the community, they are requiring seniors now to wear masks um, in the public areas and, of course, um, and the employees as well. But there's still, you know, meals in the dining room. There are, you know, exercise classes. There's just, you know, wonderful grounds to get out. It's a healthy environment. So I do miss being part of just a fun environment, you know, like that all the time. I love that. The social interaction. Uh, you know, I, I am a big proponent for home care, but I also have, uh, based on, you know, being in the industry since 2012, I have realized that, you know, there, there's a place for every option, right? Meaning home care, transition to placement, or maybe it's placement from the get-go. But mm-hmm. I do like the aspect of the increased so- socialization in the communities because I've always believed that isolation leads to depression and depression manifests physically in us as humans. So, yeah, I loved hearing the story about the virtual cruise. That's such a great idea. Um, But if you, if you have time, I'd like to talk a little bit more about them, you know, on nine 11, because if we're thinking about the, the generation of the people that were in that community for them to be seeing what was happening to our nation on that day, I, I can't even imagine what was going through their minds, given what they've already seen in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I know. I mean, there's something I think going around social media right now about, you know, the people that some of these some people now, very few are still alive that remember they, you know, they went through the the original Spanish flu and then they've gone through all the wars and they've gone through. So that greatest generation that was around for 9-11, I'm sure a lot of them maybe might not even be with us anymore, but I mean, mm-hmm. they have seen a lot in their lifetime. And then, mm-hmm. in the, and they're really generally a really all American patriotic group, the seniors. <laughs> yeah. I love about working with seniors and to see that happening in their nation after everything they've been through, that was very bad. You know, so there's, you know, the biggest thing is even now, I would say turn, we all need to turn our televisions off. We have all, you know, we're looking at enough news on our smartphones. And then one of the things about being in a senior community, it, 
you focus on something other than yourself. And that's what's nice too. And so many people are helping each other and, you know, and and just having conversation and it's just a healthy lifestyle. I like that because if you're in the senior community with the activities or the other people around you, your only option, your only option you sometimes, and it's really sad is that if they're in their home and they're by themselves is the television for that sense of interaction. So that that's a great point, Kathy. Um, Angela McGlasson provided a comment for you. You'll love this one. She said, Kathy, you provide an awesome service with three exclamation marks. And uh, she says that she highly recommends you. So, Angela, thank you so much for tuning in and personally recommending Kathy to our audience. Um, Why is it, Kathy, that you refer to senior care options as your senior care ministry? You know, the word ministry is a very powerful word. And so I would love to hear why you think of it in those terms. Well, for one thing, it's, you know, there's a lot of people when you're in that situation, when you need some help, you don't even know where to turn. And we are a free service, which I want to clarify that all over our website, seniorcareoptions.org explains that we do get paid by the senior care community. They don't want to be called the facility. You know, that the biggest F word is is actually facility in senior care. Because yep. nobody wants to move in, out of their beautiful home into a facility. They want to come to the community. But we do, um, so we get paid by the senior community. Our fees are probably half of what the online um, agencies are, just because I felt that was the fair thing to do for all concerned. But mm-hmm. we nine out of 10 calls we get are just information. I, you know, we don't get paid unless someone actually signs on the dotted line and moves. And I will say, that's why I love to recommend in-home care as well. And we don't get paid by them either. We just share referrals. Or I would recommend that someone to call you if you have ideas of, of great home care companies. Because, you know, moving out of your home and selling your home are probably two of the biggest decisions you're ever going to make. So for one thing, we like to just give a lot of free advice to people and just kind of plant the seed. You never know whether it's going to be, you know, today, tomorrow. And that's one of the things that I, I miss so much um, is giving these large presentations about mm-hmm. just educating people on what is, you know, what to do. Because, you know, not everybody does want to. Everybody's biggest thing is they want to stay in their home as long as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just start educating people about what is assisted living, what is in-home care, what are the VA aid and attendance benefits? What are the, if you served in the military, you might be, you know, eligible for some money to pay towards in-home care or assisted living. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like that old, should I stay or should I go weighing the different, you know, yeah. ideas. And that's where, and then so many people, like someone called me yesterday and just, they were just so upset because they're like, we have, you know, $3,200. That's it. What can we do? And I'm like, well, Contact a Medi-Cal expert. Maybe there's ways to offset some of these assisted living costs because it is a medical. You're having to go to move because it's, you know, your mom is insulin dependent. Maybe they have a legal way to use part of that as a medical expense that could offset your income. I am not an attorney. I am not a medical expert, but at least I can give them some ideas and where to turn. Actually, I'm a hope dealer. I know that sounds good, but I, people say, I get off the phone with people and they say, oh my gosh, you have given me some hope when I thought I had none. 
So, you know, just sharing information, you never know what's going to be something that they're going to need. And I give out a lot of numbers. And if we can't help somebody, we will give, try to point them in the direction of someone that can. So that's why I call it a ministry. That's beautiful. And that, that is just so wonderful that you're, you're a hope dealer. That really resonates with me. Um, because I, I also, in my experience with dealing with families, you know, by the time that they get to me, usually they are essentially hopeless. They don't know what they don't know. They don't even know the questions to ask. They, they feel so overwhelmed. And so I can definitely resonate with that. You are a hope dealer, Kathy. And you um, are too. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so let's. So you, we've talked about how you like educating people, um, and I want to kind of reiterate this to the audience too. So the fact that Kathy takes the time to, whether or not they're going to use her services or not, but she takes the time to educate them, to identify maybe some area, other areas where they need help, and she facilitates that. You know, she connects them to the resource that they need means a lot to these families because when you call huge, large corporations, a lot of the times, if you're not going to use their services, you're not going to really hear from them again, right? And so I want to reiterate again, the importance of using an independent placement agent, uh, you know, typically in, in your specific territory, because they will know the communities. Uh, so I'm glad we got to talk on that a little bit more, Kathy. Um, when it's between in-home care and assisted living, what are the, the factors on that? Well, you know, a lot of times it's the cost because some people do, I mean, they're so afraid of moving to an assisted living community. And then one of the things we try to give them the gentle nudge by saying, hey, if you're fortunate enough to own a home, just, you know, close up your home and try one of the senior communities for 30 days and do one of their maybe furnished stays. I don't even actually recommend so much the furnished stays. I said, spend a couple hundred dollars and move your furniture because the more you have your own things, it's going to feel like home. But mm -hmm. the other thing is, you know, when you're, when a person's just, if they're paying, you know, 10 to 15 to $20,000 a month for in-home care. And if you do the math at $25 an hour, that's generally the deciding factor because people will pay that. I mean, if they're living in a beautiful home that they love, it means the most, you know, a lot to them. They will pay that as long as they possibly can until they, you know, their financial planner or someone will say to them, this isn't really, you know, you've just gone through $100,000. Um, right. Well, the question has to be, is it sustainable? Because it is not in the best interest of the elder if they're in a position, you know, as much as they may want to stay in their home, if the financial picture does not fit that you know, for the, the length of time, the last thing you want is for the elder to outlive their money. It's a very real concern. And so, you know, I'm always, I always think it's important for people like you and me and the family and the elder themselves to be having these open discussions about what the actual financial picture is, not, not just for the current option that's chosen, but you you have to be able to project into the future mm -hmm. what you know, what the option might have to be if what they're currently doing is not sustainable. Now, for some people, though, they're fortunate enough to get, you know, let's say eight hours a day. That's $200, very affordable for some people. And if they get just the ideal caregiver that they're just like two peas in a pod, they the caregiver knows all of their li likes and dislikes and does some light cooking and housekeeping and 
They even go out to the store together or possibly even a meal. Sometimes that's just enough. And I mean, the other thing, if I just give one other recommendation on this, um, this hour would be that everyone should have, whether you're living in a community or at home, an emergency call button of some sort. Because, you know, unless you have a 24-hour person with you at all times. Because, you know, like you said before about falls, one fall could end it all. You just have a plan. And that's what's so great about meetings like this or just meeting with a professional, a senior living professional, is just to kind of have some ideas out there. I mean, there's so many people out there without, you know, uh, any kind of power of attorney. And they're, you know, they're in a hospital on a ventilator and the husband doesn't even know what their wishes are. Start the conversation and what you're doing with Connect Our Elders is just amazing, you know, (laughs) because people just are not, they're so afraid to talk about these things. And it's not, it's not as scary. It's, it's scarier not to have a plan. So thank you, Sarah, for, for bringing all these issues out and, and letting people know that it's, it's much scarier not to have a plan than it is to talk about it. Oh my God. I feel so humbled by those words. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you. Um, you know, I, I do. I, I hope that I hope that we're doing a lot of good together on behalf of our elders. Um, with that said, I really appreciate you being with us today. Um, again, my name is Sarah and I'm with Connect Our Elders. Connect Our Elders uh, is all about Uh, education around resources, um, helping the families and the elders to navigate those resources in order to figure out what the right resources are. But um, we also provide ongoing advocacy throughout the entire aging continuum. So if you have any questions about placement needs, please reach out to Kathy or reach out to me and I'm happy to provide the introduction. Uh, Kathy, how can people reach you? Well, our website is seniorcare.com. Dot org, seniorcareoptions.org. And, it, you know, they are, all our contact information is on there. Um, our phone numbers are on there. So that's probably the best way, seniorcareoptions.org. And we have a great resource page as well. Perfect. Thank you so much, Kathy, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, Sarah. I really appreciate all that you're doing. So thanks again. <laughs> sure. All right. Bye. Thanks for watching, Bye. everyone. Bye. Take care.